Today on Rooted Daily, we give a 10-minute introduction to covenants. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about everything we need to know about covenants. And we, of course, know that the Bible is made up of a New and an Old Testament, and we get that word from passages in Hebrews and Galatians where the original word could have just as easily been translated covenant for testament. And that is exactly what our New and Old Testaments are. They contain the covenants between God and man. And a covenant is just a a promise or a contract founded on law. Now, today we think of legal agreements as, you know, long contracts and and angry lawyers. But God's law is, in fact, very simple. It's not there to trick us. There aren't any loopholes hidden inside of it. Jesus talked about contracts and he said, again, you have heard that it said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you. Don't swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. You know, God doesn't want us making crafty deals. He wants our yes to mean that, yes. He wants us to deal simply and honestly, and that's exactly what he did with us. His covenants are straightforward. They're apparent. But it is important that we understand which covenant we're talking about at any given time because we can get confused there. Covenant promises flow throughout the Bible, both in the New and the Old Testaments. And God made different promises on different terms to different generations of people. You know, we can all start uh, or we can start all the way back in the garden and see the promises God made with certain conditions. Now the word covenant's not used there, but that essentially was what God gave Adam and Eve. And it was sealed by this wonderful home that creation could live in and then look forward to Noah. And what was God's covenant promise with Noah? He would not destroy the earth with a flood again. And he sealed that covenant with the rainbow. And then as we're flipping through the Bible, we come to what we more generally understand as covenants with Abraham and then uh, his descendants led by Moses. And these are far more extensive than the previous covenants, but they all have the same basic elements as the others. And they're still straightforward. They're not trying to twist words. They weren't written so people could find loopholes. They were written so the Israelites would know how to glorify God, the one who freed them uh, from Egypt. In Genesis 12, we read, the Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That was God's promise. That was his covenant. And a covenant uh, is made between him and with the people of God as a nation in Exodus. And this is the one that's sometimes referred to in the New Testament as 
the old covenant. God brings his people out of Egypt and the Israelites into the contract is to joyously serve him by following the Ten Commandments and the subsequent legal code that the Lord gave to Moses. And this is the covenant that we see mankind breaks and is restored to over and over throughout the histories of the Old Testament. But this covenant was not complete. It lasted for a long time, but it was not finished. It was sealed by the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God freed the people from Egypt. He got them through the wilderness and he would protect them when they upheld the covenant or in other words, the law. But that wasn't enough. God knew that his people were still suffering under this covenant, that they still had this curtain of separation from him. And and the people knew there had to be something better. You know, the old covenant was an arrow pointing to the new one. It said that God has redeemed us before. He has offered freedom before, and we can trust his promises. And there is one who is coming that will offer even greater freedom. You know, we can look in Jeremiah 31, also in Ezekiel 36, elsewhere, to see that God is promising centuries before Christ that the old covenant with Moses won't last forever, that something better is coming. And we know now that that better thing is here. You know, the writer of Hebrews quotes directly from Jeremiah 31, and he wrote, if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, No place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful. To my, com- uh, to my covenant, excuse me, and I, I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. If this wasn't supposed to be a a 10-minute introduction uh, to covenants, I would probably read more out of Hebrews, but this is the core of what the writer there is saying. Jesus is the high priest of a new covenant, and it's a covenant we desperately need because we broke the former one. The law was perfect, the law was holy, the law was good. We read that in Paul's letter to the Romans, but we didn't follow it. And just like when you break any contract, there are consequences for that. And before we had to try to undo the damage of our sins with the blood of bulls and goats, and yet we are still separated from God. Only the high priest could come into his presence in the tabernacle to offer sacrifices for the people. But Christ came through a greater tabernacle to offer perfect, eternal redemption. In chapter 9, Verse 11, we read, but when Christ came as the high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, it is not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, 
thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls uh, and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who were ceremonially unclean sanctified them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may now receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. You know, that is what we really need to understand about covenants. It, it, it lays it out there for us. First, it makes it clear that God has made these kinds of promises all throughout time. And he keeps his covenants. They're simple, they're straightforward, and just like any contract, God wants us to uphold our end. Second, all the previous covenants have pointed to the need for something more, namely because we failed to do our part. And third, God has now offered a better covenant with Christ as a mediator and the Holy Spirit as a seal living within us that can redeem us eternally. So don't rely on the covenants of the past for redemption because something greater is offered to us now. Everything in the Bible has pointed forward to Christ and the priesthood that he would establish so that all of mankind could have the privilege of being in the presence of God, redeemed by his promises. When we understand his covenants, we see that God is faithful. And when we enter into a covenant with him, we can trust that we are truly set free. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and studying God's word with you next time. Hey there, thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. And I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think it's important that others hear this good news, Make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. It helps us reach more and more people every day with the message of Jesus. Most importantly, though, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.